that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand off. Hitting buck, hit the chug, Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player, and 64. You ain't cuffing, get these hundreds, I'ma tell a hoe. Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World presents a bully and a hipster sports talk podcast episode number 14. And like always, I got my man Shahid. What's going on? Nothing much. It's a rainy day here in Texas and ah, the show feels a lot better when both your teams win compared to when both the teams lose. Absolutely, but uh, let's start with you, and uh, let's start with uh, <laughs> let's start with Booker McFarland. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh man. Okay. Oh. Man. Maybe it's because I hadn't. I don't really pay. I hadn't watched too much Monday Night Football. A part of it because, like, I remember how bad Jason Witten was, and I've read and I've read articles and stories about how Booker McFarland, like, you know, one of the first or second like you know black play um color people Monday Night Football so it was a big deal him being a prime time spot and how he got the job and him being better because I remember him being better last year when he was in the booger mobile wherever he was but um oh that shit was I was want to bang my head through the damn tv I listened to that man-ass commentary. They just kept him and Tassitore just giving the same thing over and over again. Your important players got to make important plays. Okay. <laughs> like, you don't have to say that nine times every time, you know, it's an incomplete pass. Oh, you know, the receiver should have hit it. But Carson Wentz, you know, he should have threw it three seconds early, but it hit it, you know. See, he's making all that money. That's what getting the money for. And I'm like, okay. You say it once or twice, that's fine. But they just kept saying the same things over and over and over again, no matter what the context. And it was just tiring. And I hate – that's why I don't like national broadcasters because they only get, like, a broad view of the team. So they tell my, oh, you know, they don't run the RPOs. Like, they did the RPOs for Nick Foles in 2017, maybe – they need to bring the offense back for one like, No, they started the OPOs before Nick Foles played in 2017, first of all. Second of all, why are you talking about a potential RPO was like an empty backfield? Who Carson was going to hand to pick the ball to? Himself. <laughs> like, stuff like that's just going on. So I'm hearing all of that. I'm going online, and I'm hearing all these Eagles fans just like, you know, Carson Wentz loved Jesus. Too bad Jesus don't love him back. And is this one of the three worst teams in the league? And they need to fire Doug Peterson at halftime and get rid of Wentz. And, yeah, I know all his receivers are hurt. So is his running back. So is his right tackle. But so what? Get something done. That's not an excuse. Jeff, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you know a team that if you could, you took away their leading running back, their best offensive lineman, and their top three wide receivers, they would thrive on offense? Absolutely not. One team. Can't give you one. Not one. Yet on and on, I keep saying, oh, true leaders overcome stuff like that. (laughs) Near the end of that game, and I haven't even talked about the game that much, they had one healthy receiver. One. I'm not hyperbole. I like one starter and people on the bench. One period. I can't remember the last time since like Nintendo football where a team had one wide receiver. One. And they still won. Yes, the the Eagles won. I was surprised by anybody else because the first half they were looking horrible. And I'm like, it'd be something we lose to Eli Manning. 
And they kept showing Peyton Manning and that damn family over and over again. Oh, Eli still got it. Many, many. Peyton clapping his hands. And you want to hear a funny story before we go more into the game? Yeah. My wife came in and was watching, and she saw, like, the end of the game. Oh, the Eagles won. I'm like, yeah. She's like, who's that guy like Eli Manning? Why they keep showing him? Is he about to die? Because they had the camera on him, and they followed him all the way out the stadium through the locker room. She's like, why are they focus on him so much? And talking about him, didn't the Eagles win? Like, does he play for the Eagles? I'm like, no. Then why they care so much? They want to see his reaction because they lost? Yes. And she just shook her head and went back to the bedroom. You know what? The little bit that I did watch, um, all I heard for the maybe 15 minutes or maybe 10 minutes off, sat there and watched the game was was Eli a Hall of Famer they had a debate for about 15 minutes I'm just sitting there like wow (laughs) this is what we doing right there oh my god and and it's funny how they argued they're like well on one hand he won two Super Bowl MVPs and he went to playoffs and won two Super Bowls on the other hand all the other time went to playoffs they never won a game and he and he is the all-time leader in interceptions but he's still a Hall of Famer yeah, because I think with that loss last night, he's a below he's a below uh uh below average. I think he's like one sixteen and one seventeen now, mm-hmm. something like yes. that. I was, so I was like, okay, so he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he'll be a Hall of Famer. But it was just the fact that they just had that conversation for fifteen minutes, going back and forth, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm turning this. I'm going back watching Black Lightning. Yeah, you didn't miss it. I, I was watching the game because of my team, but it was just like. A ugly game all around. And it was funny where it was like a tale of two games. Like the first half, they were just carving up the Eagles. Darius Slayton, big and fe- like, I don't know what's going on Ronald Darby. He just kept getting burnt. How you feel about Xavier Rhodes and how Viking fans feel about Xavier Rhodes as uh, how Eagle fans feel about Ronald Darby. Second half, you know how many yards the Giants had? How I many? 27. Shit. 27. That's it. So you what you telling me? I was shocked too, and they, they were just trying to hang on the second half. As far as, <laughs> that's what it looked like, the, unless y'all just shut no, them down the completely. Second half, the second half, they decided like you know what, we're going to stack the stack the box, play cover two, and dare Eli to beat the zone deep. He could not, and they uh, they adjusted. People get like that's the thing about Jim Schwartz. He's a good defensive coordinator, but he's kind of stubborn. Like he has the thing, like he likes doing what he does to the whatever works or not. But if he needs to adjust, he will, but not till halftime. The big thing was you never like Carson Wentz, like, is he clutch? Can he win when it matters? And he did it. He scored three straight touchdowns. And it shouldn't even went to overtime, but you know, Greg Ward dropped the touchdown. But Carson I don't blame Carson Wentz too much because he's throwing to like practice squad receivers. And like basically, you know, practice squad receivers, practice squad tight ends, the third, fourth running back. And I'm, it's kind of like, how is he? And he just played like he did 2017. Like, you know what? The hell with this. I'm just making plays. They were doing up tempo. I'm getting out the pocket. I'm just making plays. And it was like old Carson once, not trying to overthinking, not trying to like be meticulous. It's like, I'm going to go out there and do it. And he went out there and did it. And now that whole Carson Wentz never won a clutch game or Carson Wentz never won an overtime, you can check that off the box. Somehow we're tired in that sorry-ass division and we have a chance to actually win the division. Yeah. All we got to do is win the rest of our games. Yeah, one of those games will be against the Cowboys. Um, Sweeps. It, oof. I didn't think it was going to come to this. <laughs> In y'all's division, I really didn't think it was going to come to this, but here we are. <laughs> like any, I don't think any. I don't think anyone did, but it's like, I think with us, it's just been an issue of a lot of injuries and people getting on the general man tomorrow. He needs to plan. How do you plan all your receivers getting hurt? Yeah, nobody plans that. There's no, there's no plan behind that. Like, how do you plan your running, all your running backs get hurt? Like, it's, well, the medical team could have did better. Do what? If somebody roll, like, you know, if somebody's pass blocking and they get rolled into the back of their leg, how's that the trainer's fault? 
Like, I don't want to, I, and that's why I get annoyed. And we'll talk about that part later. I, it's kind of like people just say things and don't think about how it sounds. And they just say it because they know they can say it's no consequence. Oh, well, they should have did something. I'm like, do what? Something. They should have relied on old receivers. I'm like, Deshaun Jackson was the only old one. And that was a freak injury. Alshon Jeffrey isn't old. Aguilar is certainly not old. And they all got hurt. They drafted a receiver. It's not like they didn't draft anybody. It's like, what you put them do? Draft three receivers because two of them might get hurt? You can't plan like that. That's stupid. You know what I realized? I realized that it was this week that I realized, especially when it comes to sports, what happens is people on Twitter, when they come with their silly comments, it's a group of guys, maybe two or three guys sitting around talking. And they may have mm, average football knowledge. So what they do is talk amongst each other and one of them have a bright idea and say, you know what? I'm going to tweet this out to the world because it sounds good. And in retrospect, it doesn't sound good at all because I've, I dabbled into Vikings territory of Twitter <laughs> Sunday and I immediately left. I didn't say that. I didn't send you that because I was just like, nope, I'm not doing this. Well, I will say this. I don't know how bad Vikings Twitter or Vikings message board. I know the Eagles message board turned into a bunch of damn Nazis. <laughs> they, they, cause they were like, they need to stop complaining about police brutality and start tackling. Jesus. <laughs> That's how mad they were getting. Like they have turned on some players. Like Malcolm Jenkins used to be a harder defense. Now he just a coward that just checked out looking for a paycheck. He worried about the cops. He a social justice warrior. I wish he was a warrior on the field. Nelson Aguilar, he need you know why you don't want to play through pain. He worried about getting booed, dropping passes. Carson Wentz a overpaid chump. Uh, <laughs> like we need to get like it's just I, I don't even go on there anymore. And I've gotten happy mutant eagle thing during games. Like I don't even want to see it because it's either this that negative their vitriol or that snarky joke oh well you know at least if we're playing bad at least we get to practice booing you know philly you know we're the kings of booing people i get to run my i get to run my head through a wall now because i gotta worry about the eagles people take joy in their team being bad i, I never got that uh, you know and i've and i've always been one to take too much uh being upset over a game well, I, as I got older, it's gotten better. But I, I know I used to get upset when Vikings, Vikings, you know, lose a game, especially if I felt like they could have played better. But now I'm just like, uh, you know, after a couple of hours, I'm good, whatever. But I've seen some things this season, and it's it's interesting, you know, fans because you will almost think they can go out there and play. Some of the stuff they say, you call out, oh. <laughs> you call out of work with the sniffles. <laughs> he, he talking about pain. He make ten million dollars. He should be able to play through it. If I I do it for free, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, and you couldn't either. Like you know, some guy. It's and I have learned as I got older. Like it's a difference between if someone's playing badly to say they're playing badly. We're, we're allowed to do that, and you don't have to play football to know what good football looks like. It's a difference between doing that and telling them what they need to do and how to do it. It's like. If you can't do it and you don't really know, you just mouthing off. Like, you know, I could see if Carson Wentz missed about like, Carson Wentz need to do this, this, and that. You tell him. See how that go. You think he don't know that? You think it's like, oh, I just need to keep doing this. I need to keep, need to keep throwing at these feet, at these wide receivers who can't get separation. I wish somebody was here to tell me not to do that. Like, some dude on Twitter with his shirt open. It's- like, I'm a an- – I, I got all 22, so I get to tell you what to do, Carson Wentz. Like, and the bottom line is, it doesn't matter if he's right or wrong. He's still going to get paid. He's still going to get clout because there's no accountability at all. And that's the thing I hate the most. And it's not just sports. It's in general. But we're talking about sports right now. That's why I hate all these. They just say things. And it doesn't. And they don't have any stake. And like Eagles, like Eagles, and they don't care if the team win or lose. They probably prefer them to lose because they get to talk trash about the coach and the general manager. Like, you know, take out the Super Bowl win and he average and he need to do this, this, and this. And it's a shame he don't do this, 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 and that. And saying the Eagles are sorry. And I'm like, how do you think the Jets look? Ooh. 
or the Red. You want to see a sorry team? Go be a Redskins fan. Go be a go be a Bengals fan because the Bengals used to talk all Bengals fans like can't wait till we get rid of Marvin Lewis and we can be great again. <laughs> Clean this up. And they won what one game? <laughs> when were they great with Boomer Esiason? That's what they talking about. <laughs> yeah, like people forgot how bad the Bengals were before Marvin Lewis, and now they're remembering again. So I tell Eagles fans, you can be frustrated about this year, and you can stress out about this year, but don't be all this. We're one, we're one of the worst teams in the league. Like, no, y'all, no, you're not, and you do not want to be in that boat. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, um, you definitely don't. Um, it's just I don't know. I, don't, I it, fans, football fans especially, I just different and mm-hmm. it's just a, I don't know it's just I don't know whatever you know we'll just go to Minnesota uh, Minnesota played Detroit 127 I text Shahid we shouldn't even let him score and of course <laughs> he roasted me as he should have because you know I do also get roasted I just got oh, we let them score I just looked at the TV like ugh should just kept him skunk, but that's just a divisional game, divisional team. Pretty much, it was a defensive game. We pretty much didn't let them do anything. I mean, look, they had a quarterback back there that wasn't. I'm not gonna say he wasn't ready for the position uh, that he was put in, but he was. I played the Lions, right? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't ready. I'll say it. I mean, you know, he did what he could. I, mean, I know, I know, he got hyped up on on Thanksgiving, talking about oh, he looked clutch because he could tie his shoes. But um, yeah, he was not. <laughs> I know that made you appreciate Kirk Cousins, didn't it? Ah, no. I mean, he played. I mean, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is what he is. I think I early in the season I figured it out, and you know, last year I was optimistic and hopeful and all that good stuff. This year I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, okay, I get it. I know what he is. I, I know if we get in the playoffs, the situations that need to happen for him to succeed. Uh. I- about Kirk Cousins, but I will always say there's far worse there's far worse destinies than having Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. He's not the best quarterback there, and I think that's uh the resources is ugh, you know it's done now, but you see some people that's playing quarterback, it's like Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How would you feel if Baker Mayfield was back there? Oh my god, I'd be frightened. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what I was getting because boy does that guy have riches and things just didn't work out things just did not work out this season I always try to remind perspective like you know you've been frustrated you didn't complain about the Vikings what's their record uh we're nine and four now yeah nine and four yeah, so more than likely you either going in division or be one of the wild cards y'all be just fine Ooh. so I want to hear you complain about Kirk Cousins it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a tough road. I think we got what Chicago Packers and Chargers. Like the unless the unless the Rams went out, y'all making the playoffs as a wild card. So chill out. I want to hear that. It's gonna be a tough run. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Cut that crap out. Like look at the teams around you. Either you or Green Bay are gonna win the division, and whichever one of you don't win the division or have one of the wild card spots, the other wild card spot I either go to San Fran or Seattle. But you know, simple. I, I get that. But out of those three games, I'm worried about the Chicago game just because of early in the season. Worry about Khalil Mack, ain't you? Yeah, and Kirk Cousins just looked shook that game. Where every time a blitz was coming, he just like he was in a panic mode. So I don't know. I, that game is. I, I, that's the game that's. I'm kind of worried about the charging only because we're going there to play. And you know how those games going over there and playing. It could be mm-hmm. good or bad. But mm-hmm. we got control of our destiny. So we'll That's we'll, just like our team. That's like our team does. And the, the funny thing is, no matter what fans say, they don't care. <laughs> I just want draft pick. Once you win a few games, you got the chance to go to playoffs. You're going to want to get in the playoffs because you go lie to yourself. Like, you get in and anything can happen. And I get to hear people complain. Cause like it's a travesty if San Francisco's twelve and four or thirteen and three, and they got going road for a wild card game against the sorry ass NFC East team. And I'm like, if they're so damn good, it shouldn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah, they, they, that's true. They, they big and bad. You thirteen and three, you shouldn't worry about playing some eight and eight team. It should be a walk in the park, road schmo. But uh, so shut up, like. 
it's it's happened before. It's teams that's gone ten and six, eleven and five that have not made the playoffs during the same season that, that someone's won the division going seven and nine. It's happened. Every time it's happened, people complained about it and other fans like, shut up. I was an Eagle fan that happened in the nineties when Cunningham blew out his knee, went ten and six, didn't make the playoffs. Patriots went eleven and five when Tom Brady got hurt, didn't make the playoffs. Shit happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is what it is. Get over it. Those are the rules. They need to change the rules. Why? Because because you feel a certain way. Jimmy Garoppolo got to play a role game. <laughs> boo, boo, damn, boo, damn. Who? They'll get if they're that good. They'll get over it. And, and let me let, and let me say this right now. Uh, the game of the the game of the week was probably you know no it was the 49ers in uh, New Orleans. That was an exciting <laughs> game. And since I got a little slack. Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo, what I saw, he, 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 he got a pass from this week. He played well. I want to see what he can do in the playoffs. Because my, my 49ers peoples, and some of them coming out of the woodwork, and I'm like, you a 49ers fan? But anyway, um, yeah, he looked good. He looked, he, he did mm-hmm. his thing, and it was, it was, God, that game was just insane. Um, You know what I got from that game? What's that? I'm not beside the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Um, Drew Brees is washed. Damn, he ain't washed. Me, 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 me. You he, sure? He washed. Why do you think they keep doing all these trick plays with Taysom Hill? Uh, I, yeah, I think, can't. Think about that. Think about that. You got Drew Brees, Pro Bowl, a future Hall of Famer. Why are you wasting all the time with this gadget plays? You don't need that. You got Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. Because. Uh, from what people tell me, Sean Payton is a smart coach, and he uses all he uses yes. all his resources. But it's one thing I've learned: teams tend to use resources like that when they have to. It's the same thing the Patriots. Patriots in the same boat. Week after week, you're seeing wide receiver passes, you're seeing double reverse passes, flea flickers. Like you see once in a while, that's like you know catch them off guard. You're seeing it every week is a reason. Yeah, it's but- like you really. Really need Julian like it's kind of like you don't trust Tom Brady to throw the ball, so you need Julian Edelman to throw it. There's a reason for that. The Patriots need to cut that bullshit out. I've been seeing that almost every week now. Too. But <laughs> it's a reason. It's a reason they do that. It's a reason the Saints do that. Before, like last year, it was like, oh, Sean Payton just trying to be cute and it's like that. And it's part of it is that. But Sean Payton ain't a dummy. He's doing that because Drew Brees is like he ain't a bum, but he ain't Drew Brees anymore. This is not like Drew Brees from two or three years ago. It's like I'm an old quarterback. And we've reached a point where a lot of these quarterbacks are now old and starting to look old. You know, our man is washed. Tom Brady. I, I hear people crack jokes now when he's on there. Like some of those fans, I'm like, yeah, he talking about he may play for play till he's 45. It ain't going to be on the Patriots because, no. Like he looked done. Phillip Rivers, they talking about benching for Tyrod Taylor. Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, I know I don't got that many years left. It's a whole generation of QBs that's about to go out the pasture. And we don't realize it yet because we're making excuses. We, we see the names. So it's like, oh, Drew Brees is fine. Like, Drew Brees is almost 40 years old. If he's not 40 years old already. I've seen some of those duck passes. He looked old last year. He didn't get any younger. It's going to get worse next year. I mean, but the, the numbers are a lot to you, though. I mean, he put up, what, five? He had five TDs, threw for over 300 yards. I mean, I see the numbers, and it helps when you have when you have Ted Ginn and you have Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas probably the best receiver in the league, and they have Al Kamara. Like they, not Drew Brees can't win you anything, but Drew Brees ain't the same. Drew Brees, he's not. He's not the same Drew Brees he was. It's no shame for that. Nothing at all. We all Father Tom is undefeated. No one has ever beaten Father Tom. But I just want team. I just want them to realize. That they're not dealing with the same Drew Brees, and when they run into a team that does not have that issue at QB, and I'm not talking about San Francisco, you're gonna find out. Cause cause New Orleans, New Orleans looks very good on offense, but they aren't great on offense. And their defense, you can score on that defense. So if they're in a shootout with certain teams, it's gonna be a problem. And you know, you just said something very interesting. Michael Thomas is probably the best receiver in the league that nobody talks about. Unless he's on, unless it's on TV, unless his game is on like a national game or something like that, you don't really hear people talk about Michael Thomas like that. It's interesting. It's a reason, it's a reason for that. His he doesn't he's not a flashy receiver. He doesn't talk a lot, and it's it's subtle. 
Like, and the same thing is like, you know, New Orleans is good, but you're used to New Orleans is always having good receivers. So they don't stand out because, you know, before him was Brandon Cooks, you know, and before Brandon Cooks, it was such and such as so and so. They've always had good receivers. And it's kind of like at the point, well, is it the receivers? Is Mark and Colson that good? Is Drew Brees making that good? Is Dante Stallworth good? Or is Drew Brees making that good? Like, they've always had, like, if you look from like the Joe Horn days or even before that, they've always had a, at least one good receiver for a long time. And I think it gets to the point where it's like, you know, it's like Pittsburgh. You kind of take it for granted because it's always somebody. Yeah. And now Michael Thomas is like, you know, he's putting up video game numbers. And people never talk about him. They, yeah, his best receiver, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, um, DeAndre Hopkins. Those names all come up first. Yeah. Um, let's move back. Let's move back to Thursday. Let's talk about this Dallas and Chicago game because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's a lot of it's a lot of things in this game that I want to hit on. First of all. This Mitchell Trubisky shit is just insane because two weeks ago, we this conversation, we not even having right now about Mitchell Trubisky. And now, what I'm hearing some people say, you know, is how good Mitchell Trubisky is. Where has this been all season? Him using his legs. And I'm just sitting there like, it took two weeks for the whole narrative of Mitchell That's Trubisky all. to turn back into this bullshit. That's all it takes. That's all. That's all. you know. If you hot for a month, you an MVP candidate. It's that's what happened with information now. Like you, it's just such a quick turnover. We have to have a take now. We have to say anything. And don't get me wrong, Mr. Trubisky looked very well. No, we changed that. The team looked well. He made. He let his receivers and running backs make plays. He looked better last week than he did get it. He did against Dallas, but they won. So it's like, oh, he's looked like Jim McMahon. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. I didn't get the story from Chicago from that game. I got the story from Dallas. Oh, I was getting there. Oh, I was I was getting there next. It is it is something up with Amari Cooper. It has to be because that offense does not look the same when Amari Cooper ain't popping. And he is barely getting passes thrown his way. And before it was different when they were playing the Patriots and you know Gilmore shut him down. I'm like, what's? I'm watching. I'm. It's. They just look off. I don't know what it is. Like the team should be a lot better. Like a look at the Cowboys. The team should be a lot better than what they are on offense. Right. They just. They just look off. It's like it's, you see this the same people, but it just don't look right. They had no business losing to Chicago. That I, that's just flat out what it is. They had no business losing to Chicago. Um, sure didn't. The defense is not playing well at all, at all. I know people like to talk about the uh, offense and you know talk about Dak and Zeke and all that and Cooper, but well, the defense is not playing good. I mean, Brandon Esch has been hurt the past few games. That's a big deal. They haven't been getting the same pass rushes before. Like, the Marcus, you know, Lawrence hasn't had the year he had last year. I mean, it's – I don't know. I just look at that team, and it's just like they should have won this division easily with all the issues the Eagles had, and they're losing these teams. They had no, and more than likely, they're going to probably lose to the Rams. Yeah. That's why Cowboys fans was pissed that the Eagles won against the Giants. Kind of like, yeah, they may, they but they gonna piss off. I hope Jason Garrett has his resume put out because I know Cowboys fans are like they ready for him to go. They've been ready for him to go for a long time, and it's funny how things changed. Because a month ago, we were talking about how Dak Prescott was an MVP candidate that wasn't getting respected. Like Lamar Jackson, even though if you look through the numbers and put them through a Vitamix blender, the numbers are close and all this crap. And now is we got to fire the coach. I mean, this, this is something. How many years is this long overdue? He's been there 10 years. Like five. Yeah. So it's like five or six years long, long overdue. And I and I you know whatever relationship him and uh, Jerry Jones have is whatever you know I get it he's a part he's been you know a, what he's been a backup there he's been 
you know, he's he, he he's like family there, I guess, to a certain degree. But still, uh-huh. he had family. some good. Well, you know what I mean, not family, but mm-hmm. no, you said it right. But it's kind of the th- you know what the issue is. There's no talk back. He knows Jason Garrett will never be disobedient or subordinate, or Jason Garrett will never embarrass him with off the field stuff or like talk back. On field stuff is like I can handle that, but no, because it's like. You know, you had Jimmy Jones. I mean, Jimmy Johnson. You had Bill Parcells. Those are very strong personalities. They want to do things their way. And Jerry Jones wants to win, but he wants to win his way. Not the, and the, not he, he'll say the cowboy way, like, no, I want to win my way, not our way, not your way, my way. And as long as you have that mentality. It's gonna be an issue. And it's not like Jerry. People talking about he he need to be hands off on football thing. His football decisions have been fine for the most part. You know, personnel is not personnel has never, is not the issue with the Cowboys, and for the and for the most part, salary cap isn't necessarily the issue with the Cowboys. It's coaching, plain and simple. It's coaching, and it's gonna be coaching for a while because it's like. You're going to find somebody that's good enough to elevate that team that can still deal with Jerry Jones' bullshit. Yeah. I mean, when you had like, when you had Jimmy Johnson and Parcells there, they was not for that shit. And I always, just said, I always just said, too, I used to always joke, what does Jerry Jones just go down there and coach? How you use some offensive, defensive coordinators because you don't clearly know X's and O's. Let them do the X's and those, and you can just stand there and you know be the coach. You might as well. He's smart. He's smart enough to know he can't do it. <laughs> otherwise, he would have. Otherwise, he would have tried. Because when you're the owner, you get to do what you want, basically. But no, it's that's the issue. It's coaching, and Lincoln Riley is not coming through tomorrow. Maybe they get Lincoln Riley. Why he gonna go there? I mean, seriously, like, if I'm a great college coach, why would I ever go to the pros unless I was bored? Or I just didn't want to deal with recruiting. That job is that job. The job is going to Urban because, Meyer. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to go to Urban Meyer until Zeke get in trouble. Then, then Urban Meyer going to have a yeah. spinal injury. Yeah, I, my, my, I, I need. I got high blood pressure. My, my, ne- my neck and my back locked up. I have to resign <laughs> so I don't die. What a damn con artist! I remember the first time he had it was a heart issues, and I felt oh. sorry for him. Okay, okay, story time in Florida. Yeah, story okay. time. Hold on. Because I'm a Florida Gator fan. And I'm just like, okay, you seeing what's happening. You seeing the Tebow's leaving. Harvard's go- Everybody's going. All the top players are leaving. They lost that SEC championship game. And the recruiting is, isn't being the same because, you know, you know, other teams in the SEC, their recruiting going to get better. Oh, boy. When the wheels start falling off, this man said, oh, I'm not, I ain't feeling good. I got to go. And I was just like, you got to be shitting me. And, you know, we're sitting there looking for a coach or whatever. And then he did it again. I'm just like, yo. See, the second time he did it was some nonsense. It's like, okay. Because the first time, I'm not a Florida fan. So I'm just watching from the outside. It's like, you know, college coaching can be stressful. Them acting like maniacs. Maybe it's something to be to it. I was, you know, recruiting. I paid attention a little bit. I'm like, he can't be that sinister to, like, do that. But when it happened again, when it's like allegations. Allegations, like, you know, yeah. Abuse and like that. Like, oh. About my lungs. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Or bro. whatever it was. My heart, my bad heart, like Sin City, you know. You push this you push this 16 higher, you got a bad ticker. You ain't recruiting nobody. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like and I just man, these coaches so goddamn charlatans. So no oh. Urban Meyer ain't Urban Meyer, if he's smart, he don't wanna deal with that mess with the Cowboys. It's like for what? Because oh, you need the money? No, because it, they've been laying the seeds all year. Because that thing came out, what, a month ago or three weeks ago about basically he said the Cowboys job is a dream job. And I was like, uh-oh. Once I heard that, I was like, my ears perked up. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm almost sure him and Jerry Jones, Jerry, um, Jerry Jones have had this conversation. They've had I'm the conversation. Sh- I'm sure they have. But dreams become nightmares. Oh, if I don't know if he's ready for that because I'm sure he's going to say, I got to go. My body has just failed me. <laughs> and here's the, here's the dirty secret about the Cowboys before we move on. They don't have to win. The Cowboys. 
they don't have to win. They just have to be there. Like they will always be successful. They will always make money. Winning is great, but like they haven't won in, since the Genesis was out. They don't care. It, it, yeah, it's been that long. So I make I get to make fun of Cowboys fan now because the Eagles won two years ago. I'm like, last time y'all won, you know, like Wu Tang was out. The second their second album didn't even drop yet. So and y'all live off past going. It don't matter. People they bought that brand new stadium. That stadium was always full. It's Cowboys fan being born every day. They're still the most popular team on the planet in all the sports. Most most well, you know, most valuable team on the planet, and it doesn't make a damn difference. Jerry Jones just print money till he dies, so it's just a brand. Because they haven't, because they aren't, they've never been horrible, horrible. They've just been average, been good a year oh, here and there. They have, they had a horrible time. Remember when Quincy Carter no. was the quarterback? No, they that was bad. I'm talking about like Bengals or oh, Browns, okay. like it's. It's levels. I'm talking about horrible, like the Dolphins. Okay, I got like, it. Like, they've been bad for like a year or two. But it's like, as an Eagles fan, I always laugh at Eagles fans complaining about the team being bad. So I'm like, since the 90s, we've, we've never been bad for more than a year. Like, yeah. for the most part, it's like, if we're bad, it's just one year. It's never been like, you know, we bad two, three years in a row. That shit, has, that shit hasn't happened in a long ass time. So Eagles fans have no idea what being bad really looks like so that so it's relative and cowboys fan the same way like yeah they might go four and 12 or five and 11 or once or twice they ain't doing that two three straight years in the most mostly like you know might go six and ten might go seven and nine might go 11 and five or luck out one year go 12 and four back to eight and eight like they they basically been an eight and 18 for 25 years damn you know now that i think about that about the vikings we've never been bad like we may not okay, we don't have no Super Bowls, granted, but we've never been like a bad, bad team. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. There's something, and that's why you have that perspective because you, I always say, look around the league. You know, yeah, all oh, the Eagles, they go nine and seven, eight and eight. I'm like, okay, the last three years, they've gone thirteen and three, nine and seven. This year they go nine and seven, and they go to playoffs. Go playoffs three straight years. It's not that many teams that can say they go to the playoffs three straight years. I laugh at Pittsburgh fans all the time complain about Mike Tomlin. He has never had a losing season in his life. Yeah. Think about that. Never. Not once. Yeah. It's something to be said about it's something to be said about being consistently good and decent. And you only and it's kind of like teams aren't satisfied unless you're the Patriots. And win Super Bowls constantly, but even Patriots fans aren't satisfied, and they win, and they still complain. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Speaking of fans complaining, Cowboy fans, because I had a conversation uh, with a friend, and I said, you know, y'all just fucking spoiled. And I said, you will almost think y'all the Patriots, because he's like, he's really upset there. You know, they're having a bad season or whatever. Well, he's thinking they're having a bad season. I'm like, you still can win your division. You know, I try to talk him through it. Like, yo, you you good. You you possibly still could win the division. But then I just told him, I said, nah, man, y'all spoiled. I said, because all y'all think y'all supposed to win every year. Every year, y'all have these high expectations. And for the last 10 years, you know who your coach been. Your, your owner clearly hasn't changed. Uh, we them boys. <laughs> we them boys. Even through the Romo, from Romo to Dak, y'all have always had this sense of, I don't know, just if things don't go your way, the league is against us. And then I just got disgusted just talking about the Cowboys, so I stopped the conversation. But yeah, the Cowboys will. No, it's kind of like they say for the league to thrive, the Cowboys have to win a Super Bowl, and they... And that whole the league hates the Cowboys. I'm like, Jerry Jones is the most powerful owner in the NFL. What do y'all talk? So they hear don't complain about the league having in for them. It's just hilarious. Like, the Patriots can complain about that. Because, like, Tom Brady got as much time for, like, a deflated football as you normally get for hitting your wife. <laughs> but people don't have sympathy for the Patriots because they're a bunch of goddamn cheaters. And they might have gotten in trouble again. Yeah, we we go we'll leave that, that alone because, man, what's there to talk about? They're cheaters, and they don't care about cheating. Well, you know, it's Bill Belichick. You know, that's uh, 
part of a different team. They're doing it for a documentary. I don't see the tapes. I've never seen the tapes that really has nothing to do with this. You know how they go. Like, he like Dick Cheney. He, he'll cheat, he'll deny it, and he'll keep it moving. Because he don't give a shit. He don't. Patriots fans compare about their honor, integrity, like the team. Oh, Tom Brady, that's wicked pisser. Don't be talking about Tommy like that. Like, they talk all that shit. The Patriots don't care. That's why they keep doing it. Why should they care? You're not gonna take the Super Bowls. You're not gonna take the rings away. So what difference it make? Oh, teams, teams gonna think they cheat. They think that now. They've been thinking that. You think the Patriots care about perception? Hell no. They don't care about perception. They care about results. You know, I I, I honestly think the players now, especially Belichick and Brady, because you know they're the ones who've been there the longest. Um, they don't care about it now, but I think when they get older, it's gonna bother them. Like they do, because no, you don't think that air of well, hell no. I think it is. They be, at why? least, at least for Belichick, because he's a coach. Like he's won, but you rather is win. It, you, you rather win and be clean. You get what I'm saying? Like, okay, I want to no. win, and I don't want all this. Well, you know, this happened and that happened. You, you gonna have a whole what bunch of, of John, what type of John Wayne garbage is that? He don't care. You think if he I, cares? I think he trust does. me. If he cared, he wouldn't make the move. He wouldn't move the way he moves. You, you watch The Wire, right? I mean, I just watched Train. Sal Martin. You see how? No, because Avon moved a certain way and yes. Marlo do, moved a different way. You think Marlo cared about the rules? Hell no. He did what he wanted to do. He didn't care about perception and all that stuff. He's like, I don't give a damn. I want the throne. Y'all do all this, no shooting on Sunday, and yada, 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 all that talk, all y'all want. Kiss my ass. I'm doing things my way. I don't care how y'all look at me because I'm at top. Bill Pelichick the same way. He don't. He'll sign anybody if he thinks he'll help his team. He will do anything necessary, and he like he adapts to his surroundings, and he's not stuck in his ways. That's why I was like, oh, we gotta run the wishbone. We gotta run a three fullback set, two tight ends, whatever. We run a five. Whatever I have to do. If I got to take somebody from offense, he used to be a fullback. I'm turned to a linebacker to win. If I need a receiver turned to a safety, I don't care. I just want to win. If I got to cheat, I'm surprised they haven't launched anthrax at a team before. <laughs> like, perfectly honest. Like, because why? The league is the league not taking – they might – what, they going to do? Find them, take a draft pick. They ain't taking a ring. No, he gonna He's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything to get suspended like the damn Saints. With Bounty Gate, like he ain't he ain't doing nothing that damn dumb, but he gonna do whatever it takes. It's like, oh, they gonna think we cheat. So what? Nobody like the Patriots beside people from Boston anyway. So who gives us? Why should he gives a rat's ass? Wait a minute. First things first. We don't talk about Bounty Gate on this podcast. We don't talk about that at all. Is, is that a soft spot? We just don't talk about it. Why? Why? I thought you were a Vikings fan. What they got to do with you? It really doesn't have anything to do with it because it was Brett Favre, but the man had on our colors and they beat the hell out that man that day. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's why y'all talk about it. Nah, it's the same spot. The hell with them. They should have been. Sean Payton should have had a job. <laughs> they trying to kill him. I said, man, I, I I remember during that time I was like, man, I I didn't know how to feel because Brett Favre was our quarterback and it was just weird. And I was just like, damn, they beating the hell out of his ass. The man was damn just limping around the field. Like, just go to the sideline, bro. You got the money. What are we doing right now? You got a ring. Get out of here. Yeah, but it's uh, – see, it's funny talking about that because I'm an Eagles fan, and Buddy Ryan used to do stuff like that back in the 80s. But that was back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah we evolved past that. We kind of stopped doing that by, like, the you know, the 90s. So for that to happen again to the point where – a coach gets suspended for a year. Out of there. I'm like, he should have been gone, gone. You paying players like football is bad enough as it is. You and my whole thing is, what's to stop other teams from doing that? Like I've always wondered, and I guess we can move on to basketball after this. It only has to be honor and integrity. What's stopping like a team to have like, you know, some third string lineman? Just hit a quarterback late. Like you playing, you playing, you playing the Texans, mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson drops back. It's like you know what? Take out his D. Personal foul, roughing the passer, fifteen yards. He might get thrown out, get fined. Okay, Deshaun Watson's out. 
And the, and the only thing that's stopping that is kind of like you don't want anybody doing that to you. We're playing a game. This is a war and it's rules and we're a brotherhood. And that works like a stop sign works. And the thing about how stop signs work are they work as long as both people pay attention to it. If you are paying attention to traffic laws and your opponent is not, you're at a disadvantage. And that's what the Saints were doing. That was the problem. It's kind of like, I'm thinking I'm playing by one set of rules and they playing by a different set of rules. They try to knock me out the paint. So, yes, yeah, that's an unfair advantage. It's like, yeah, that's that's the thing with cheating. Like, because you don't know, you don't know what's happening, so it's happening. You don't know how to handle it. Like, do we cheat back? You want to stoop down to that level? It was like, nah, I ain't, I ain't going out that way. So I'm just going to catch this L. Yeah, um, I guess we'll move on from that. Uh, again, the Vikings will have the Chargers. Uh, we'll be playing in San Diego. Oh, ass. Oh, ass. The rivers. Dad gummit. I'll just throw another interception. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have a great offseason working on another kid. Um, and y'all got who this week? We got the Redskins in Washington. Um, so there should be a, another great episode of us with W's. Uh, but we'll move on to basketball. And I got to tell you, oof. first it was the Lakers beating our ass. And when I say whooping our ass, I mean whooping our ass. Then it was Phoenix whooping our ass. Hey, man, we just not a good basketball team right now. I don't know. It, it, everything fell all apart. You know when it fell apart, right? <laughs> It fell apart when Wiggins left. When he had to go for his uh, grandmother leaving, I think he left missed two or three games. We ain't bounced back since. Uh, oh boy! Point point Wiggins was nah, holding I, that I, damn I, I, Listen, I, I joke about the point Wiggins thing, which I still thought was the wildest shit I ever seen, and I think that's what threw te- teams off. Like, what the fuck did I have my point for? But anyway, um, it's just the inconsistent team. It's inconsistent, and I don't see um. I don't see Cat taking the team on his shoulders saying, all right, I'm going to lift us out of this. What you going to do, shoot 15 threes? No, nah, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying, <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see nobody on the team saying, all right, let's – like, I don't – I don't know. Maybe it's because they all around the same age. Okay. I don't see nobody being a leader. Jeff, let me tell you a dirty secret. All right, tell me. It's only like three or four players where if you put them on any team, mm-hmm. they go into the playoffs. True. That's I, it. I understand it. That's it. And it's like, you know, it's teams, it's teams that it's superstars, it's stars, it's all stars, it's stars, and it's good players. And even like the all-stars, it's kind of like it's a lot of players that are good players that have no discernible impact on their team whatsoever. Kyrie Irving is a perfect example. He's gonna probably go to the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he's ever made a team better by himself. That's just the nature of how he plays and the nature of the game. It's just it is what it is. And Carl Anthony Towns is, you see him more than me. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and you're telling me you don't think he elevated him? Like, maybe he can. I... And here's the thing it's few players who can, and when you're at a center position, it's hard to do it unless you're great at defense. You can be great at offense. It don't mean jack shit if the defense ain't there. Because, like, for the center position, deep offense is important. Defense is more important. Unless your offense is, like, you know, be-all, end-all, it's not going to matter. I think he's uh, he's average at defense. That's not enough. Yeah, I know. That's not enough because when he meets somebody like an MB, and especially MB because he gets inside his head, he, he's not playing good at all. And he, he's taking out. He's easily taken out of the game with foolishness and nonsense. He's still young. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what I think, I, I think this is even before we did the podcast. I think when we were just like texting each other, I told you before. I was like, I'll gladly take him B, and y'all can have Carl in the towns. Yeah. I mean, here's the this is the thing that we kind of tend to forget about a lot of these players. It's like they've been playing a long time. They, you need to be a grown up, mature level. He's twenty four. Yeah. You've been around 24-year-olds. How mature are they? Mm, nah, Ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just because they playing in a league don't mean I'm an old man. I know how to do stuff. Like, no, that come with time and age. And it come with experience and loss. And, like, I'm not expecting stuff from, like, 23, 24-year-olds. I don't care if they played five or six years. 24. 
So you're gonna have the you gonna have the maturity of a twenty of the average twenty four year old. Most of the time, you might have more, you might have less, probably have less because you probably been more sheltered and you got more money, so you listen to less people. That's it's gonna come with time. It's gonna take time. Hopefully, as the time to deal with it in Minnesota, and at least it's in Minnesota where the fans are more reasonable. My team is great, and all I'm hearing is people calling Joel and beat fat and out of shape and a bum. Listen, I, you don't know how much joy those uh, uh, sweet Texas you send me, y'all, because I'm just like, what? Like, I don't even understand. You, y'all could be winning by 100, and somewhere you're going to find a 76ers person complaining about something. We we win it by 50 points, and they talking about, oh, it's, they going to blow it. And what? It went by what? Twenty? Like it's it's amazing. I'm on rant for a little bit. The Sixers have never been consistently good since I was like two years old. Like the last time they won fifty games back to back years was back like when Moses and Dr. J was playing. That's the early eighties. It was like 80, 82, 83, 84. Most of these fans don't have been born yet. They got this whole hot take. Like, gee, they need to be successful. They don't know how to win. Like, if you're a Sixer fan, you don't know what consistent winning looks like. So what the hell are you talking about? Like, we have never had this amount of young talent or this amount of talent period since those teams in the 80s. And to hear these fans and ass talking about, like, you know, I know the Sixers are undefeated at home and they're like three games from the best record in the league and they'll be fine. But still, it's a lot of holes they need to fix. They got the same record as the Clippers. I don't hear anybody complain about the Clippers at all. But this whole expectation, like, oh, well, because first it was. Beat up on Ben Simmons because he hasn't really changed. He hasn't improved. He's still not shooting. And then he hit a three. And people were like, oh, well, we weren't paying attention. Ben Simmons, well, he's going to be all defense first team. So let's talk about Joel Embiid because he's had a bad week. And that's like, oh, he needs to grow up. And he's still pouting. And dot, dot, dot. Like, you're allowed to have a few bad games because y'all want to talk about this when he, when he had three straight great games. Y'all were busy talking about. Simmons, or y'all was complaining about Tobias Harris. It's like it's always somebody they picking on. Like, yeah, I, I know they're seventeen and seven, and they're undefeated, and they're gonna probably be a one or two seed. But still, they look ugly playing. Like they beat Toronto. People complain like they almost lost against Toronto. They won by six. Yeah, the fourth quarter was ugly. They won. I don't care how they won. They won. Like they used to lose those games. Like Sixers fans just got this whole. They they sound like. Like they expect the season to be the Warriors. Like, chill out. Y'all don't know what good looks like. So y'all have good and y'all know how to handle it. Stop worrying about breaking up Joel and B and Ben Simmons. Y'all haven't had young players this Sixers have never had two great young players at the same time for as long as I've been alive. Never. Never. Hmm. And I've been alive over 40 years. And as long as I've been a Sixer fan, They've had great players together, but they never had two great players. They were both great, both young. And they got two of them. And two other All-Stars. And all I hear is bitching and moaning from a bunch of white guys named Jackson and Jeff. And not you, Jeff, but Jeffrey and Lawrence. And <laughs> the analytics say you need to do this. And they need to crush this. And Brett Brown needs to get fired and all that and I'm like you see some of these teams I'm like I'm glad we ain't struggling like Portland like I'm like I'm they're fine like they what are y'all talking about and then and I'm gonna have to watch them in Denver they play Denver it's gonna be on TNT it's gonna be a national game and I'm gonna have to hear about them like you know they miss Jimmy Butler you know they miss (laughs) JJ Reddick because we used to have a game and it's to be last year when the Sixers didn't have Bellinelli and Silva anymore. And every time they play a national game, there's normally Hebe Brown. They brought up, oh, you know, the space is different because last year they had Ilya Silva. Last year they had Bellinelli. They was able to hit the three. They won 17 straight in a row. They don't have that. They got a club. It's like hearing it once is fine. You hear it over and over. It was like, we get it. It's a different team. And now this year is they don't have Jimmy Butler and they don't have J.J. Redick. 
So I got to hear that over and over and over. And will Ben Simmons, he does this, this, and this, and he hit a three. Can he hit another one? Who gives a damn about a three? Like, how Tim Duncan played at the perfect time because nobody gave a rat's ass if he shot threes or not. I know it's like point guards can shoot, can shoot threes. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, honestly, I do not care. I know the reasoning behind it, spacing and yada, yada, yada. The bottom line is this. If Joel and B was healthy last year, the Sixers probably get to the finals or win the title last year with all the flaws they had. All they have to do is be healthy and get in the playoffs. And everyone knows that. People are just bitching the bitch. Or if a um old boy shot don't go in. Uh, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. His shot, don't, his shot don't go in. They win it overtime. They probably beat Milwaukee and they beat Go beat up Golden State. And we have a whole different conversation about the Sixers. And people know that deep down. But they don't want to say that because, like, if you know that, there's nothing to argue about. So you want to argue about other stuff. Like, people like to talk so they can have something to talk about. I don't need to – I already know why things happen a lot. Like, a lot of times it's like you can argue about stuff. You know the deal. You watch You watch the game. I watch the game. Like, if it – you can – sometimes common sense is common sense stuff. And I know enough about watching the Eastern Conference right now. Like, you get to the playoffs – Ain't nobody when the East want to deal with Philly for a seven-game series. Absolutely. I know you like calling them bullies. They're going to they gonna go out there and try to bully the hell out of everybody. Giannis can flex all he want be Mr. I'm a tough guy because I ducked on somebody six foot six. <laughs> <laughs> like frowning his, frown his face up because they think that's how we act in rap videos and we all tough. That shit all cool. I would love to play Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee's having a great season. I would love to play them in the playoffs. And have him deal with both MB and Horford at the same time. Yeah, I think yeah. Because he had he had fun he had fun bullying Ben Simmons last year, and B shut that shit down. So go go ahead, you know, yeah, Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez. You're gonna turn a deadlift shrimp, shoot a bunch of threes. Go go. I would love to play more. I would love to play Boston again. Like there's no team in the East. I I'm sweating like that. And and as far as the West goes. The Lakers are having a great season because, you know, LeBron, having LeBron and Anthony Davis makes a difference. The Clippers will be there because it helps when you have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I ain't afraid of those teams even in the seven-game series because neither one of those teams have anybody can deal with Joel Embiid, especially the Clippers. I've, I've, you know how you complain about Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. against Embiid? <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns looked like um, George Mike compared to how Anthony Davis was looking against Joel and B. Because <laughs> Anthony Davis is a great player and he's a good chance. He, he's an MVP candidate. He is way too small to do with Joel and B. And whenever they played against New Orleans, that came painfully apparent. And what's the alternative? Dwight Howard? Oh, God. That's. That's smaller than LeBron. Like, if you see Dwight Howard now, like, you stand him next to LeBron James, like, which one of these guys plays center? Because LeBron looks bigger than the White Howard does now. So, yeah, I would love to, you know, I will. It's, I'm not saying that the Sixers are the favorite to win. I'm just saying it's not a team in the league I'm afraid of playing, playing as the Sixers in the seven game series. Not one. I mean, as you. So I had I had complained about. The way the Sixers are set up, I I understand your, what you're saying right now. They, why? <laughs> why? I feel <clears throat> you can go down a list of probably each team and say we got the advantage. We're gonna find you're gonna have the advantage whether it's at point guard or at center. You are your team is gonna have the advantage. So it's just like okay, we shouldn't fear them. But see, that's great. You get to talk about playoffs. Minnesota ain't going to no goddamn playoffs this year. Okay, then you never know. Like, it's the seventh, like the seventh, eighth seeds got losing records. Like, Phoenix trying to tell them, they convince themselves to sneak in the playoff. It's funny where, for the longest time, and I guess we can wrap up with this, the West was big and bad, and they had all the teams, the East was trash. Hey, look at this year. If the Sixers were in the West, they had the second best record in the league. They'd be, they'd be second in the West with the same record, and they had their fifth now. Like, it's it's going it might be two or three teams in the West that get in the playoffs with losing records. And it would be so ironic because I used to hear all the time the East, they need to change the whole playoff structure because the East is trash. <laughs> they got one or two good teams, and everybody go to the West. Nobody's saying that this year because who's good in the West? The Lakers and the Clippers. Who else you trust after those two teams? Uh, nobody. You trust the, trust the Rockets. 
I don't trust no. the Rockets. I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust Utah. I don't trust. <laughs> I don't trust none of those yeah. teams after those two. Phoenix, come on now. It's like, like, what did we talk about? Because Portland's struggling. The Spurs suck. You know, you got a whole bunch of bad teams. Like, you know, the Kings. No, like, come on. Oh, you know, like. And and Denver, hell no. And I'm just glad we're not talking this whole Jokic is the best in the league. Like that shit was cute for a year. It was nonsense when people were saying it last year. And it's and you know there's no I saying it anymore this year because he came and looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> and just like I'm gonna work myself in a shape. See you in March. And I was watching. I'm like, damn. I know he was never like the most athletic person, but he got this Al Bundy offense going. He all like. What did he do during the summer? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was just eating donuts and relaxing. Just look, watching Love and Hip Hop. Cause um, or who's who's the guy? It's somebody on. It's funny because I was watching Cartel Crew. Yes, I watched reality TV. I was watching VH1, and one of the girls told me, "Oh, I think somebody from the Nuggets." And I saw like Tor was a Tory. Cold, something like a backups. Like, I'm thinking, oh, they date somebody like in the G League. It's like, oh, Nick. Then I was watching the game, like, oh, he actually playing the, he playing the league. He getting numbers. He dunking on people. I'm like, how about that? Because normally, it's like I date somebody in the league. It's like he in the G League. He might play a game or two. Not he actually, and I'm like, he was on there, like, yeah, you know, this dating all fun and stuff like that. But you know, I think about getting married. My mama didn't work out for her. I don't want to mess stuff up. The girl's like, oh, I wanted to have your baby. <laughs> With the commercial break, it's like, it was just funny. It's just funny just thinking about that. Like the, because we won't go into what we talked about before about how certain players look at certain, you know, what they call them? What they, what they call the black women? Oh. Um, Sports. Yeah. With Patrick passing out here and messing up for all of us, like, yeah, we're going to cross that dynamic. It's just funny how that how that this exists because it's like social media has made it easy for anybody to talk to anybody. Oh, boy. Has it. Um, yeah, and I'm going to state this again. Uh, listen, I understand y'all got y'all Golden State Warriors jokes. And, and listen, some of them are funny as hell. Oh, boy. But the last thing y'all want... <laughs> The last thing y'all want is for them to get a top two or three pick. Just saying. Oh, they will. Just saying. Oh, oh we already know the story where they get the dude from Memphis and they run it back with Clay being healthy, Steph being healthy. <laughs> and everybody going, like, oh, y'all forgot about us. This is like Dre before he dropped 2001. It's like, yeah, y'all thought this last Aftermath Presents oh. album would be the last album I did. No, people getting their jokes off now. Knowing like it's only going to be for one year, so they enjoying getting the jokes off because it's kind of like <laughs> go to state. They need to break it up because they ruining the league. Of course, people gonna be happy seeing them lose. Yeah, like they gonna go to state fans. They don't care. Like they got rings. They know what happened. They know why they like. We all know why why they're struggling, yeah. and we all know it's temporary. So it's like you know get the <clears throat> jokes off. Don't last because that has a same thing happened with the Spurs. Right before they got Tim Duncan, people was gonna make jokes off because the Spurs and that's and here's a perfect way to wrap it up. I'm not a, I'm not one of those fans like make fun of teams losing, mm-hmm. but I will I won't lie to say I don't get a certain this a not a lot just a small sense of satisfaction seeing the Spurs struggle. You wanna know why? Because I can't remember the last time I seen the Spurs been bad that and they didn't have an excuse for it. Like the last time they had a bad season was when half the team was like when David Robinson was out. And Sean Elliott was out. And they basically tanked to get Tim Duncan. But before that, as long as I've been watching basketball, and that's probably what, mid-late 80s, I've been watching basketball, Spurs were always at least good. That's a long time. So see them now with the same, like, DeMar, like, you look at the teams like, oh, they got DeMar DeRozan. Marcus Aldridge, like, Rudy Gay's become efficient. You got, you know, know, DeAndre Murray. They got some long rookies, and then they get blown out. And Popovich out there screaming and shouting like a lunatic. It's like, 
I won't lie, so I don't get a small sense of enjoyment out of seeing that because Spurs fans used to be obnoxious. Like, we were in the right way. It's like combining the worst of the Cowboys fans and the worst of the Patriots fans. Like, we went the right way, and the league hates us because we're just small markets. Like, they don't respect us. Tim Duncan's the best player of the generation, but he ain't, he ain't molesting nobody. Kobe Bryant, so they don't like us. They, they like the Lakers, and we beat LeBron James because he's a coward, and we went the right way. Way with international play, we share the ball, Jeff. Yeah. We, you know, we got nobly. He'll pass the Parker and he'll pass the People don't care about the last shot as long as we win. Boris the out there eating the croissant, shooting baby hooks because we played the right way. Yeah, I've been hearing this shit for a long time and I don't hear that anymore because they suck. What I said about the Spurs is they are absolutely the kid with perfect attendance and takes perfect notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now and got, and now they got tuberculosis and they homesick and everybody laughing. <laughs> How your perfect penmanship look now? Like we played the right way. We played ball the way it's supposed to be played. Go Spurs, go! Oh, right man. into the lottery. Good riddance. Oh, it's my ass, San Antonio Spurs. Oh my goodness. Yeah, on that note, we will get out of here for this week. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave at Jeff versus the world at yahoo.com. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Jeff versus the world on Twitter and Facebook. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at the real Jeff versus the world. Uh, Shahid, you can give me your info. Uh, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Philly underscore drugs. I've Actually got like forty new followers this weekend because I did a little tweet story and a lot of people apparently was reading and following it. So it gonna be funny when they start talking. Dang, I thought he was woke. He been talking about New Jack City and wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nobody told you to follow me. So yeah, but oh. if you want to follow me, I'll talk about what I want to talk about, and I will cuss you out. Uh, yeah. On that note, <laughs> we are out. Peace.